Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics and on this podcast we have honest, soulful, explicit conversations about sex, pleasure, culture, and all of the facets of sexuality that impact your lived experience of your sex life. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com where you will find the treasure trove of online resources we have been creating for you since 2006. To help you get started, we have organized our most popular resources by topic in our sex index, which you'll find at PleasureMechanics.com, or go to PleasureMechanics.com free and enroll in our free online course to dive a little deeper with us right away. It is October 2020. We are seven months into the global coronavirus pandemic. Here in the United States, we are hurtling towards our next presidential election. And a lot of people are either feeling powerless or becoming aware of abuses of power in a way uh, they hadn't before in their life. And so we've been thinking a lot about power And so this month, we wanted to offer a series of podcasts about power, erotic power, how power shows up in our lives, our intimate relationships, our bedrooms, our sex acts, all of the ways power and sexuality operate in our lives, and how ultimately we can all come into touch with the power within us how we can think about power as something we possess rather than something that is exerted over us. Yeah. So today we're going to talk very broadly about power and kind of frame this series. And in future episodes, we'll be talking about power in your intimate relationships, in your bedroom, power games and consensual power play within kinky sex, and so much more. All right, power. (laughs) I have the power. There's so many songs we could go for with this this episode. Yeah, as you said, we're in this moment in time where so many people are feeling powerless and we just want to remind us that we have many spheres in our life where we can actually have a lot of power. And if we begin to pay attention to our own erotic power, there is a lot of there are a lot of things that we can do to play with that, to enhance it, to work with it. And that can influence and impact the rest of our life so that we can embody more power in other spheres of our life as well. Because we're in a moment of time where it is valuable if we all embody as much power as we can in all the ways that we can. So what does power mean? Power means the ability to create change, the ability to influence or exert your will over yourself, your circumstances, and others. In physics, power is a measure of force. And there, what power means is the ability to get work done, right? The power of your microwave to heat up food, the power of your car's engine to pull that hunk of metal forward on the road. And we can measure power and we can measure power and its relationship to the change it creates in the material world, how much degrees it raises water, how much speed it creates on the car. Power is measurable 
And power is also neutral. And this is really important to remember. Electricity is power. And electricity can light up the whole building or burn the whole building down, depending on how it is focused, how it is channeled, how it is dealt with. And personal power is the same. We often think about power as domination, and a lot of people are afraid of power because historically it has been so abused. And the mode of power most of us are most familiar with is power over, using power to control, to manipulate, and to exert your will against other people to their detriment power over. These are the systems of power and domination that have been ruling the globe and subjugating humans for thousands of years. And one way to think about the current historical moment is that we are in a transition from power over to power with. Sharing power, using our power collectively for the mutual benefit and wellness of all involved. This is a much different vision of power, but to get there, we all need to discover our power too, our internal power to create change, to influence the situation, to move, to act, to change the world in the ways we want to see it changed. And we can make this so basic, right? Like you have the power to lift your coffee mug up to your lips. You have enough power to do that. Do you have enough power to lift a car? Not really, not alone. But if you had 30 adults organized, maybe you have collectively enough power to achieve that work in the world. So when we think about power, it is really important to understand it as a neutral force that can be focused, directed, and leveraged, and that we all have inherent power within us. We are all born with power. The human body, the human brain has power. We take energy in from the outside world and we exert it every day. And as a diabetic, I'm aware that the brain is the biggest user of glucose in your body. So your brain has so much power to it. And what you direct, your thoughts, your actions, and your intentions really does create material changes in the world. But we've been disconnected from this on purpose over many, many centuries And so many of us are just coming back into a sense of personal power. So we all have power, and yet so many of us feel powerless, especially when it comes to big-scale problems like climate change. What power does little old me have over something as big as global climate change? or with racial injustice? How can I as an individual influence these century-old systems of power and domination? I remember so clearly the moment I was sitting in my freshman sociology class at Vassar, and we were learning about power. And Max Weber, who was a German sociologist in the 1920s, 
defined power as the ability to create change in yourself and others. And when we started looking at social systems and systems of power and systems of domination as really a collection of individual actions that create a culture that exert power over individuals and groups of individuals, it was like a Wizard of Oz moment for me when like the lights came on and the curtain was pulled and all of a sudden I was sitting there and I was like, oh, these systems of domination, these systems of injustice were made, were constructed, and therefore can be remade, redesigned, reconstructed. We collectively, and that includes little old me, are capable of creating this change in the world. We can create culture that then is inherited by future generations. And that just blew my goddamn mind that we weren't just individuals kind of subjugated to these systems that have always been here and will always be here. And this is just the way it is. Make the best out of it. Fend for yourself. It was an invitation to step into actively using my individual power to create the change I wanted to see. Some people call this empowerment and sexual empowerment is a term that's thrown around a lot. And what empowerment means is coming home to one's own power, remembering, remembering, which is so much a body term of coming back into this member of your body remembering the power you have. And power is situational. We all have different spheres of influence. We all have different amounts of power in different spheres. And once you start playing with this actively, you start recognizing just how much power you have in all of these different spheres of your life. And then collectively, how much you can change and influence and create and generate. And for me, this is deeply erotic and deeply sexy, but we also want to make sure we bring this back to your sex life and tease out that relationship between social power and culture and how you feel about your sex life, how you feel about your body, how you feel within your relationships, what you feel worthy of, what you feel the power to do, create, experience all comes back to your experience of power in your greater life and in this culture. And so they're so deeply connected. Let's explore power over just a little bit more, because I think, you know, there's not that much that needs to be said because we're all all too familiar with this. Power over is about domination. I am going to use my will to exert force on you to get what I want at your expense. This sounds really familiar, right? We are living in a culture that is based on power over systems. And no wonder so many of us feel powerless because it is designed that way. Some systems of power are really obvious and they use weaponry and use overt force and others are more subtle and we have internalized the experience of power over. An example would be a religious institution having ideas about what sexuality should look like and that is internalized by a grandparent or a parent that then teaches you what you are allowed and not allowed to do. 
to fit in, to be accepted. Allowed to do, allowed to feel, and allowed to be, right? These systems of power tell us who we are allowed to be. And anything beyond that is punishable. And we know this and we internalize this. And so we keep ourselves in a cage. And Foucault reminds us that this is the greatest exertion of power when it's invisible, when you don't need a gun at your head to force your behavior in a certain direction. And when you start breaking this down, you realize how much of your life's actions, how much of your life's decisions, and your internal sense of goodness who should I be as a person? What are my priorities? What are my values? When we really take a step back and break that all down, it is stunning. And it can be very like, um, depressing or shocking, like we can have all sorts of emotions when we really start unpacking this, how much of our lives have been influenced by power and authority that we never consented to the systems of gender, the system of heteronormativity, the system of defining sex as intercourse, those are all systems of power and authority around your sexuality that have created this really narrow window that so many of us are trying to break free from, this invisible cage that we feel around us, that we thrash into, that we feel confining who we truly are. And then shame operates because it says, if you stray from that cage, if you even poke at the bars, you will not fit in, you will not be lovable, you will lose a sense of belonging, you will lose status. So stay in the cage. This is how power operates in our lives. And so I just want to invite you after this podcast is over in the coming days to really start reflecting on the systems of power, and I'm going to introduce a new word, authority, the systems of power and authority that have influenced your life, and particularly your sex life, but also your career choice, who you chose to partner with, where you chose to live, all of the choices that, you know, we wake up every day with a million choices at our fingertips, what choices you make, how you choose to behave, who you choose to be, is so often directly and indirectly influenced by these systems of power and authority. And authority is just agreed upon systems of power. It's power that goes unchecked because it has been blindly agreed upon. And a lot of the cultural project right now is to question those systems of authority and to come into a new relationship with power. I just want to build on that and say that it is so valuable to unpack where this power lives within ourselves because it deeply influences our beliefs, our thoughts and our actions. And it's astounding to see how we've integrated these cultural ideas, whether that is about being a good woman or a good mother and what it allows you to take up space and give yourself permission to experience, think, play with it's really deep and and jarring to really grapple with and the practice there is when you find yourself making a decision or you find yourself with friction in your life or with something there's you're struggling with you can always ask yourself where did i learn this 
is it true? Is it true for me? Is it serving me? Who's impacted by this decision? Like really unpack it. And a lot of the time we start seeing that these things we've been taught as true simply aren't true. Or they're not aligned with your values. They are true for someone in some sphere, but you get to decide what power influences your life and you get to return the power to yourself by choosing what you want to believe well i'm going to interrupt you as i try not to do but we choose (laughs) but we also can't choose sometimes Mm -hmm. and this is when we have to recognize there are systems of power we have not chosen we did not consent to and yet we cannot opt out of so what do we do with those that's when we have to get into collective power power with to change that system, to align it for the future, to create a better system that serves us all. So we all have a sense of power over. We feel it in our lives. We know that if we tear down the highway at 100 miles per hour, we're going to get pulled over. And we operate within these confines all the time. So start looking at it, identifying it, unpacking it, and notice where do you have freedom to write your new rules? And where is are you actually kind of stuck in a system that you can't control? Then we recognize our power to or our power within. I really like calling this power to because it reminds us of the active verb nature of power. It's easy to say I have power, I have personal power. Great power to do what? power to influence whom, power to change what. If we start getting really specific and start recognizing what do I have the power to do, we can start really recognizing the spheres around us where we do have influence, we do have control, and start exercising our power. And I like this word exercising power because it both means like putting power into action You turn on the engine and the engine's power pulls you forward on the road. When you turn on your own ignition and you start exercising your own power, what also happens is your power gets stronger. And that's why I like that word exercise, because it is something we flex and we come into contact with and we start recognizing our influence on people. And this is so relational. And the greatest human power is relational power. It's how we influence one another. We can influence one another with a look, with just a feeling in our body. And when you realize that, like how I feel in my body changes and influences everyone around me, that's a lot of power, right? And you can start realizing how much power and influence you have, especially within your personal sphere and your relationships. And all of a sudden you come into contact with way more agency. I have the ability to create the change I want to see in the world starting right here. Power with grows out of power to power with is when we recognize that I can align my power next to your power, and all of a sudden it's magnified. When we align a collective of individuals towards a goal, we all become more powerful. 
that goal, that work, right? And remember that within physics, and I always really want to remind us that the laws of physics apply to us as well. And within physics, power is work divided by time. Meaning, if there's one person that wants to get the work done, it's going to take them a lot of time. If there's a hundred people and a hundred people's power to do that work, it takes less time, right? So these are really basic concepts, but when we start metabolizing them and putting them into action in our body and in our lives, we feel way more powerful. And one of the things this does is it makes us way less passive. And so much about sexual empowerment, and we've never really used this word because it was kind of... And I when reflecting in this preparation for the podcast and why don't we use sexual empowerment? Because I love the word power and talking about power. One of the reasons I haven't liked it is because the sexual empowerment movement really originated amongst kind of like white women. And it was really about empowering those who already had a lot of power and ignoring other people's power. Like it wasn't a collective movement. And we need to recognize that to empower ourselves, we need to be in relationship with other people with power to get out of the power over model. To get into power with, empowerment has to be collective and has to be communal. And you have to believe that other people's power is just as legitimate and worthy as yours right? And so we've never really used sexual empowerment. And I like when I say it, I have this like sexual empowerment thing. But sexual empowerment is so much about your sexuality, not being passive. You are not subjected to the rules of sex that have been given to you from the past few hundred years of sexual domination and repression. You have the agency, you have the power within to choose your own sexuality, your sexual experience, how and who and what you do with your sex life really is up to you. And we need to create the systems again, like we all have spheres of this. Some people have more or less sexual empowerment available to them because they are influenced by these cultural systems of domination. So as we recognize that we can all be individual sexual agents and have way more power and control over our own sexuality, we also have to get really honest about the systems and the cultures of domination that legitimize and reward certain people's sexual expressions more than others and that punish and police certain sexualities more than others and those are the collective systems that we need to come together and change so power has to operate both individually relationally collectively and culturally all at the same time Power is pervasive. It's in every interaction you have. It's in every relationship you have. And so recognizing power and naming it and coming into an honest relationship with it allows you to kind of be cleaner with your power. It's a climate change, clean power. Um, 
allows you to be cleaner with your power because you recognize the moments where you have more social power than someone else and can correct for that. You recognize where the systems are that reward certain behaviors and police others. And we can correct for that collectively. So when it comes to sexual empowerment, we're not going to use this term a lot, but I really want to remind us that empowerment is so much about remembering and sourcing the power we already have and carry. It's not getting something new from the outside. It's coming home and remembering what is within us and what we are exerting all the time, perhaps without thinking about it. Right. It's remembering that if we have something that we want, that we can create it. So if we desire to experience more pleasure, we can take big or small actions to create that. That can look like having a conversation with a lover about desires you might like to try and explore. That could look like deciding that you want to have more time to play in the erotic sphere. And so you are going to work on having childcare or swapping childcare with a trusted family or friends so that you can make time to play in pleasure more. These are actions that you can take to create an experience in your own body and in your relationship that bring you closer to fulfilling a desire that you have for yourself. And we believe that more of us who take these actions and play with exploring our own erotic power will allow for us to bring more power to our collective experiences. When we have explored and practiced feeling our own erotic power, we remember that we are powerful beings and we can bring that to our communities. We can bring that to our families and make change in those spaces as well. Another example of using our power with is in community settings, is looking for the spheres where you do have power and that you can express that and work with other people to create something that is more aligned with your values and desires. So that could look like in a family, having the desire to create a consent culture for your kids and having conversations with the adults in your extended family to model and create an environment where there is consent present for your children. That is something that is different than, than culture out there in the world. And so you have to create that through relational experiences. We've used two C words here a lot, create and change, create and change. And this is kind of what power does. It creates, it recreates, it redesigns, right? Power is active and it forms things. It shapes things. And a lot of the thing that it creates and changes and forms is culture. Culture is the way we do things, the way people like us do things, right? That is culture. And it's expressed in so many things, in language, in behavior, in roles. And every family has a culture. Every school has a culture. Every town has a culture or multiple cultures. And when we realize that I can create culture, I can create change, then it kind of becomes this sandbox of like, oh, what do I want to play with? What do I want to create? What parts of this are working and functioning and really beneficial for everyone around us? And what parts of this need a little power directed at them to create the change we need to see? 
For instance, we are coming up on an election. We all have the power to vote, or most of us have the power to vote. This is a moment to exercise this power. Collectively, we can make a choice that can change this year, change what happens for generations to come. This is a moment where it matters and us using our power to vote is can change this nation. Mm-hmm. And again, it seems like that one individual act may not be that significant, but the collective power in voting is huge. And those in power know this. And that's why there is so much effort put into voter suppression. That's why there's been so many laws passed to say who can vote and who can't vote. That's why from the beginning in this country, voting was not a universal right. Those in power decided who got to choose who stayed in power. Voting is so much about power. And that feels kind of disconnected when you're filling in your ballot and circling that little O. But if we remember the history of voting, if we remember the mechanism that we are participating in, we can really get in touch with how powerful that is and how powerful the collective is. It's one of these acts that reminds us of the collective that we are living in and the multiplicity of collectives. Because usually when you vote, you're voting for everything from your local school board to the presidency. And those are all of the spheres that you are involved in. Those are all of the communities that have some very direct influence over your material life and over the health and safety and well-being and pleasure of yourself and those around you. And so we have to really remember that, that these acts, these small acts collectively and over time create our day-to-day lives. And these day-to-day lives are what you're writing into us about. It's, you know, what are the systems and the conditions that are creating the financial stress that have torn so many marriages apart? What are the systems and the systems of domination that have made healthcare so inaccessible and can make an illness equal a bankruptcy in this country? Does that need to be changed? How would that influence millions of people's erotic lives and access to love and joy and connection and pleasure and yes, orgasms, right? These are not disparate issues. And in future episodes, we're going to bring power back into how does power operate in our intimate relationships, in dating, and especially in our long-term relationships and our marriages? How does power operate? How can we get into a better system of power with, with those we love so we can create the collective, so we can create the culture within our family we want, the erotic culture within a couple that we want to see? How do we share that power with each other? And we want to talk about erotic power play. As we move away from these systems of domination, what do we do with the fact that it is so arousing to be dominated sometimes? What do we do with our desires to be submissive as we are dissolving the culture of subjugation? consensual power play actually creates an arena where we can explore power, where we can experience both domination and submission in these really controlled consensual ways. 
And those explorations can give us a lot of beautiful information about ourselves as erotic beings and give us really thrilling experiences. And there are ways of playing with power that aren't traditionally thought of as kinky sex. So what are all of the ways that erotic power play can operate both as an ally and sometimes as, you know, something that needs to be worked on to clear the way for the sex life you want to have? Non-consensual power in our sex lives can really hinder us and hinder our expressions. So how do we get more explicit and honest about the power that's operating in our sex lives and how we play with one another's bodies and what we choose to do with our bodies in bed naked with each other or in you know your finest leathers (laughs) so all of this is coming up and we would love to be in dialogue with you about how you experience power both out in the world how that affects your experience of being a sexual being how you experience power within your relationships and how you experience erotic power play. What does that look like for you? What questions do you have? And we've already gotten this dialogue started within the Pleasure Pod. The Pleasure Pod is our membership offering where you can step into a deeper relationship with us and support our work and get involved in shaping this podcast and get access to members-only resources and libraries of our best offerings. And within the pleasure pod this week, we sent out a survey to ask about power and how people experienced it. And it was really beautiful to get some of those responses. So Charlotte's going to read a few of those nuggets now. If you want to join the pleasure pod, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com slash pod, and you'll see the options for membership. We've tried to keep it super accessible because we want as many of you as possible to step into this membership site, be in direct communication with us. There's a direct little chat feature so you can get out of my crowded inbox and into my chat box. And there's so much more there that we love to offer those who choose to support this show and allow us to continue with this work. Please remember, we are community-supported erotic educators. We don't run ads on this podcast. We have no corporate overlords. The power is in your hands to allow us to keep this work going. And we rely on your support. So thank you to all of our Pleasure Pod members, all of our online course members who have chosen to share some resources with us so we can keep going and sharing our wisdom and resources with you. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash pod. Charlotte's going to close out the show reading some wisdom from our current pod members, and we would love to see you there. Our pod member says, I feel that sexual empowerment is highly related to accepting oneself and your desires. Coming to terms with sexual shame and deciding that your desires and pleasure are important. Mm-hmm. Another member says that sexual empowerment means to them learning to voice wants and desires and to ask my partner what his are. Much self-exploration and practice and an ability always shifting to sit with discomfort. A magnetic pull towards growth and truth. Mm -hmm. I love our members. I know, they're such good people. Every time we ask a question, we get such amazing answers. And what all of these answers had in common, and there were so many more beautiful ones, 
was recognizing that empowerment is so much about both honoring who you are as a sexual being, what you want to feel and experience and express, and then having the space and freedom to make those things come to be, to ask for things out loud, to express yourself as you wish. And we have to remember how much collective power and how much power with was dedicated over the past 50 years to creating the sexual freedom that we all now experience a little more of. That narrow window of sexuality and of gender roles and of sexual expression that we're still trying to expand with all our might was much more narrow 50 years ago for everyone, including straight people, right? And there's just so much more possible for all of us if we allow who we are and what we want to be okay. And next time, next time, we're going to talk about power within our intimate relationships and how we can create this sense of freedom and power with power together to create the erotic life we want and how not to be in an adversarial power relationship with your sexuality or with your partners. Right. And then we'll take it from there. Thank you so much for being here with us. We love you. We know you have a lot of podcast choices and we are so honored you choose to spend some of your time with us. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com where you will find all that we have to offer you. And if you've been listening to this show for a while and you love what we do, come to pleasuremechanics.com love to show your support, go a little deeper with us and show us some love. We love you. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Pleasure.